0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Simon Anthony and Torty Talks. I now continue my readings of A. A. Mills' Deathless Prose, The House at Pooh Corner, Chapter 2, in which Tiger comes to the forest and has breakfast. Winnie the Pooh woke up suddenly in the middle of the night and listened. Then he got out of bed and lit his candle and stumped across the room to see if anybody was trying to get into his honey cupboard. And they weren't. So he stumped back again, blew out his candle and got into bed. Then he heard the noise again. Is that you, Piglet? he said. But it wasn't. Come in, Christopher Robin, he said. But Christopher Robin didn't. Tell me about it tomorrow, Eeyore, said Pooh sleepily. But the noise went on. Rawr, <laughs> said whatever it was. And Pooh found that he wasn't asleep after all. What can it be, he thought. There are lots of noises in the forest, but this is a different one. It isn't a growl and it isn't a purr. And it isn't bark, and it isn't the noise you make before beginning a piece of poetry, but it's a noise of some kind made by a strange animal, and he's making it outside my door. So I shall get up and ask him not to do it. He got out of bed and opened his front door. Hello, said Pooh, in case there was anything outside. Hello, said whatever it was. Oh, said Pooh, hello, hello. ''Oh, there you are,'' said Pooh. ''Hello.'' ''Hello,'' said the strange animal, wondering how long this was going on. Pooh, who was just going to say hello for the fourth time when he thought that he wouldn't, so he said, "Uh, ''Who is it?'' instead. ''Me,'' said a voice. ''Oh,'' said Pooh. ''Well, um, come here.'' So whatever it was, came here, and in the light of the candle, he and Pooh looked at each other. ''I'm Pooh,'' said Pooh. ''I'm Tigger,'' said Tigger. ''Oh,'' said Pooh, ''for he'd never seen an animal like this before.'' ''Does Christopher Robin know about you?'' ''Oh, of course he does,'' said Tigger. ''Well,'' said Pooh, ''it's the middle of the night, which is a good time for all going to sleep, and tomorrow morning we'll have some honey for breakfast. Do Tiggers like honey?'' ''They like everything,'' said Tigger cheerfully. Then if they like going to sleep on the floor, I'll go back to bed, said Pooh, and we'll do things in the morning. Good night, and he got back into bed and fell fast asleep. When he awoke in the morning, the first thing he saw was Tigger sitting in front of the mirror and looking at himself. Hello, said Pooh. Hello, said Tigger. I found somebody just like me. I I I thought I was the only one of them. Pooh got out of bed and began to explain what a looking-glass mirror was. But, just as he was getting to the interesting part, Tigger said, "Eh, "'Excuse me for a moment, but there's something climbing up your table.' And with one loud roar, he jumped at the end of the tablecloth, pulled it to the ground, wrapped himself up in it three times, rolled onto the other end of the room, and after a terrible struggle got his head into the daylight again and said cheerfully, "'Have I won?' That's my tablecloth, said Pooh, as he began to unwind tigger. I wonder what it was, said Tigger. It goes on the table, and you put things on it. Then why did he try to bite me when I wasn't looking? I don't think he did, said Pooh. He tried said Tigger, but I was too quick for it. Pooh put the cloth back on the table. And he put a large honey pot on the cloth, and then they sat down to breakfast. And as soon as they sat down, Tigger took a large mouthful of honey, and he looked up at the ceiling with his head on one side and made exploring noises with his tongue, and considering noises, and what have we got here noises. And then he said in a very decided voice, Tiggers don't like honey. Oh, said Pooh, and tried to make it sound sad and regretful. "'I thought they liked everything. Everything except honey,' said Tigger. Pooh felt rather pleased about this and said that as soon as he had finished his own breakfast, he would take Tigger round to Piglet's house and Tigger could try some of Piglet's haycorns. "'Thank you, Pooh,' said Tigger, "'because haycorns is really what Tigger's like best.'" So after breakfast, they went round to see Piglet, and Pooh explained as they went that Piglet was a very small animal who didn't like bouncing, and asked Tigger not to be too bouncy just at first, and Tigger, who had been hiding behind trees and jumping out at Pooh's shadow when it wasn't looking, said that Tiggers were only bouncy before breakfast and that as soon as they'd had a few hacorns, they became quiet and refined. So, by and by, they knocked at the door of Piglet's house. Hello, Pooh, said Piglet. Hello, Piglet. This is Tigger. Oh, is it? said Piglet, and he edged round to the other side of the table. I thought Tiggers were smaller than that. Not the big ones, said Tigger. They like hay said Pooh. So that's what we've come for, because poor Tigger hasn't had any breakfast yet. Piglet pushed the bowl of haycorns towards Tigger and said, Help yourself. And then he got close up to Pooh and felt much braver and said, So, you're Tigger? Well, well, in a careless sort of voice. But Tigger said nothing because his mouth was full of haighorns. After a long munching sound, he said, You're... When Pooh and Piglet said, what, he said, swoosh, and went outside for a moment. When he came back, he said firmly, Tiggers don't like acorns. But you said they liked everything except honey, said Pooh. Everything except honey and acorns, explained Tigger. When he heard this, Pooh said, oh, I see. And Piglet, who was rather glad that Tiggers didn't like acorns, said, "Oh." what about thistles? Thistles, said Tigger, is what Tigger's like best. Then let's go along and see Eeyore, said Piglet. So the three of them went, and after they'd walked and walked and walked, they came to the part of the forest where Eeyore was. Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh, this is Tigger. What is said Eeyore. This, explained Pooh and Piglet together, and Tigger smiled his happiest smile and said nothing. Eeyore walked all round Tigger one way and then turned and walked all round him the other way. What did you say it was? he asked. Tigger! Ah, said Eeyore. He's just come, explained Piglet. Ah, said Eeyore again. He thought for a long time and then said, "'When is he going?' Pooh explained to Eeyore that Tigger was a great friend of Christopher Robin's who had come to stay in the forest, and Piglet explained to Tigger that he mustn't mind what Eeyore said because he was always gloomy, and Eeyore explained to Piglet that, on the contrary, he was feeling particularly cheerful this morning, and Tigger explained to anybody who was listening that he hadn't had any breakfast yet. "'I I knew there was something,' said Pooh, Tiggers always eat thistles, so that's why we came round to see you, Eeyore. Don't mention it, Pooh. Oh, Eeyore, I didn't mean, I, I didn't want to see you. Quite, quite, but your new stripey friend, naturally. He wants his breakfast. What did you say his name was? Tigger. Then come this way, Tigger. Eeyore led the way to the most thistly-looking patch of thistles that ever was, and waved a hoof at it. A little patch I was keeping for my birthday, he said, but after all, what are birthdays? Here today and gone tomorrow. Help yourself, Tigger. Tigger thanked him and looked a little anxiously at Pooh. "'Are those really thistles?' he whispered. "'Yes,' said Pooh. "'What? Tigger's like best?' "'That's right,' said Pooh. "'I see,' said Tigger. "'So he took a large mouthful and gave a large crunch.' "'Ow!' said Tigger. "'He sat down and put his paw in his mouth. "'What's the matter?' asked Pooh. "'Hot!' mumbled Tigger. "'Your friend,' said Eeyore, "'appears to have bitten on a bee.' Pooh's friend stopped shaking his head to get the prickles out and explained that Tigger's didn't like thistles. Then why bend a perfectly good one? asked Eeyore. But you said, began Pooh, you said that Tigger's like everything except honey and acorns. And thistles, said Tigger, who was now running round in circles with his tongue hanging out. Pooh looked at him sadly. "'What are we going to do?' he asked Piglet. "'Piglet knew the answer to that, "'and he said it at once that they must go and see Christopher Robin.' "'You will find him with Kanga,' said Eeyore. "'He claimed close to Pooh and said in a loud whisper. "'Could you ask your friend to do his exercises somewhere else? "'I shall be having lunch directly, "'and I don't want it bounced on just before I begin.' A trifling matter and a fussy of me, but uh, we all have our little ways. Pooh nodded solemnly and called to Tigger. Come along, I will go and see Kanga. She's sure to have lots of breakfast for you. Tigger finished his last circle and came up to Pooh and Piglet. Halt, he explained with a large and friendly smile. Come on, and he rushed off. Pooh and Piglet walked slowly after him, and as they walked, Piglet said nothing because he couldn't think of anything, and Pooh said nothing because he was thinking of a poem. And when he had thought of it, he began. What shall we do about poor little Tigger? If he never eats nothing, he'll never get bigger. He doesn't like honey and haycorns and thistles because of the taste, because of the bristles, and all the good things which an animal likes had the wrong sort of swallow, or too many spikes. "'He's quite big enough, anyhow,' said Piglet. isn't really very big. "'Well, he seems so.' Pooh was thoughtful when he heard this, and he mumbled to himself. "'But whatever his weight in pounds, shillings, and ounces, "'he always seems bigger because of his bounces.' "'And that's the whole poem,' he said. "'Do you like it, Piglet?' All except the shillings, said Piglet, I don't think they ought to be in there. They wanted to come in after the pounds, explained Pooh, so I let them. It was the best way to write poetry, letting things come. Oh, I didn't know, said Piglet. Tigger had been bouncing in front of them all this time, turning round every now and then to ask, is this the way? And now at last they came in sight of Kanga's house, and there was Christopher Robin. Tigger rushed up to him. "'Oh, there you are, Tigger,' said Christopher Robin. "'I knew you'd be somewhere.' "'I've been finding things in the forest,' said Tigger importantly. "'I found a Pooh and a Piglet and an Eeyore, but I can't find any breakfast.' Pooh and Piglet came up and hugged Christopher Robin and explained what had been happening. "'Don't you know what Tigger's like?' asked Pooh. "'I expect if I thought very hard I should,' said Christopher Robin. "'But I thought... "'Tigger's new.' "'I do,' said Tigger. "'Everything there is in the world except honey and haghorn "'and uh, what are those hot things called? Thistles. "'Yes, those.' "'Oh, well, then. "'Kanga can give you some breakfast.' "'So they went into Kanga's house, "'and when Roo had said, "'Hello, Pooh, and hello, Piglet, once, "'and hello, Tigger, twice, "'because he'd never said it before and it sounded funny, "'they told Kanga what they wanted, "'and Kanga said very kindly.' I'll look I can mark up a Tigger, dear, and see what you'd like.' "'Because she knew at once that, however big Tigger seemed to be, "'he wanted as much kindness as Roo. "'Shall I look, too?' said Pooh, who was beginning to feel a little eleven o'clockish. "'And he found a small tin of condensed milk, "'and something seemed to tell him that Tiggers didn't like this, "'so he took it into a corner by itself "'and went with it to see that nobody interrupted it. But the more Tigger put his nose into this and his paw into that, the more things he found which Tigger's didn't like. And when he found everything in the cupboard and couldn't eat any of it, he said to Kanga, What happens now? But Kanga and Christopher Robin and Piglet were all standing round Rue watching him have his extract of malt. And Roo was saying, ''Must I?'' And Kanga was saying, ''Narry dear, you remember what you promised?'' ''What is it?'' whispered Tigger to Piglet. ''His strengthening medicine,'' said Piglet. ''He hates it.'' So Tigger came closer and he leant over the back of Roo's chair and suddenly he put out his tongue and took one large gulp, and with a sudden jump of surprise Kanga said, ''How?'' and then clutched at the spoon again, just as it was disappearing, and pulled it safely back out of Tigger's mouth, but the extract of malt had gone. "'Tigger, there," said Kanga, "'he's taken my medicine! He's taken my medicine! He's taken my medicine!' sang Roo happily, thinking it was a tremendous joke. Then Tigger looked up at the ceiling and closed his eyes, and his tongue went round and round his chops, in case he hadn't left any outside, and a peaceful smile came over his face, and he said, So that's what Tigger's like! Which explains why he always lived at Kanga's house afterwards, and had extract of malt for breakfast dinner and tea, and sometimes when Kanga thought he wanted strengthening, he had a spoonful or two of Rue's breakfast, after meals as medicine. But I think, said Piglet to Pooh, that he's been strengthened quite enough. (sighs) Right, this is day four, day five it's morning, early morning and I'm heading off to uh, my grotto this is uh, probably going to be the first busy day but we've had fairly full on stuff this is my second roll of Santidum this season, it's a a responsibility quite an extraordinary thing to people's expectations matching them with my abilities and strengths is quite an issue but it's stressful (laughs) getting there and getting back but actually sitting in the chair doing my thing is often very rewarding highly pleasurable i get the look in a child's face The eyes light up big and round. It is magical. (laughs) I mean, that seriously is. I wonder to behold. It is the magic of Christmas writ large. And I've seen it. I asked the question, does Santa exist? No, no, not does Santa exist, but are you real? That particular child came in and said, the real Santa something 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 and uh, the mother sort of looked a little askance and worried so my elf tells me (laughs) well I I carried on merrily not having reacted to that that particular point I was mustering thoughts of multiple universes and quantum tunneling and spooky action at a distance and things along those lines to explain things, I could go for the uh, theatrical one that uh, Santa exists if you believe in him and I certainly exist You know, you tailor the answer to the child At the end She was the one that says, do you exist? And I said, "Of oh course, look uh, I thumped my fists together showing that I was indeed there But the question wasn't, are you Santa? Well, well, yes, I am. I am Santa. During particular periods of the day. (laughs) And that is the truth of the matter. Well, does Santa exist? Does Doctor Who exist? Uh, Well, it's a similar sort of question. You can meet the person who Currently holds the role, but then the other actors are, shall always be the Doctor. And but thinking about it, actually, this is the closest I'm ever likely to become of being something similar to the Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't quite. Re- I am. How can I be so dim as not to? this parallel in quite this way of the the reality spread across multiple people aspect I am going to be Santa I have been Santa I shall be and then I shall not be again when somebody else is there are never two Santas, mark you <laughs> There should never be two time lords. Uh, well, well, doctor time lords. But that one's been well and truly knocked on the head. Uh, I've worked on the five doctors. Uh, I keep thinking i worked on the three doctors, but I hadn't joined the Beeb then. Uh, anyway, God, Oh, dear. It's a very, very full-looking bus just shot past the top of the road. This time of day, it's quite a possibility. The bus is one snob. Which is shame. That is astonishingly bright. Ah, but it does have lights on either side of it. So it is an aircraft, not a weirdly placed celestial body. <laughs> yes, when the headlights of an aircraft strike, they are very, very bright. Oops. Oh, that bus wasn't particularly full. Good. Oh, oh, that bus wasn't particularly full. I'm well and truly on track to arrive, multiply on time or it's far too early but it means I can I can go at my my long COVID imposed dawdle speed which is uh, possibly slightly improving at the end of last night I was going the fastest lick I have done for a very long time but I'm back down to pretty much hobble mode again now a weird tingling in my left leg has definitely abated and sometimes completely gone let me see if another bus is heading this way uh, yes one is can I get to the stop before it arrives I suspect I can uh, In my desire to ensure I was not late, I have arrived an hour and a quarter early before the grotto is staffed at all. This is an irritation, really. Oh dear. I got here I got here before the music started. Wonderful! I don't believe you can catch COVID with uh, a recording sneeze. I certainly don't have it at the moment. I shall have a, uh, I shall have a, uh, a test when I get in. Assuming I do, I'm not wildly uncomfortable. It's quite cold sitting on the floor here, yeah, leaning against a wall. But I don't stress particularly with cold. But. Uh, I do feel a bit of a complete idiot, but I'd rather feel an idiot than be late. That's, uh, there you go. I bought stuff. I had time to go into Marks and Spencers, and I had this well, the time to be able to walk incredibly slowly, but incredibly slowly, and the ants. It appears 15 minutes rather than an hour onto my journey time. I'm just incapable of finding my way around, uh, judging how long it takes to get somewhere. And even after all these decades, I'm extremely nervous about arriving on time or in the right place. You would have thought, It would have worn off by now, I would have worked out some coping mechanism, but I have not. It's always been a problem. I assumed it was down to lack of experience, expertise, or youth as a a youth. Uh, My friends all managed it without any issue whatsoever, they never considered the problem. They just went somewhere, arrived on time, knew where they were and coped. M- me, I have to plan ahead. But if I don't plan ahead, I go for ludicrously early options and end up sitting on the floor outside of the building, well, in an com- almost completely empty shopping centre. Uh, waiting for the day to start. I mean, it's, you know, half past eight in the morning now, but it's a Saturday morning. I mean, it's, not, um, it's not unpleasant, it's just sort of embarrassing in a faint way. A good thing about age, though, is idiocy of this order can be uh, covered by uh, explanation of great age or infirmity or something along those lines. But in fact, I've had this problem all my life, but only now do I have something that can be looked on as an excuse. Only I know it isn't a reason. So I've blown my cover, haven't I? I'm sure I'm not the only one who has these issues, but it's not expressed anywhere. This, this presumably, I'm going to turn this into a podcast recording, is maybe the only evidence of this uh condition that's around people walking around but they are the wrong sort (laughs) not of my group oh well this is the earliest i've ever been i shall attempt never to make this error again but there you go (sighs) i'm going to be off tomorrow and the next day so that's good. I'll have a chance to sort of rest up and do nothing and not panic about having to do something later in the day, which is a problem I have if I do have a booking at all in a day. I cannot bear waiting for the time to pass for it to be acceptable for me to leave, because if I wait until a sensible time to leave. I am just nervous all the time. And that space of time is completely useless to me. I'd rather be early than stay at home worrying about will I be late. It's um I just I, you know I have no confidence. It's quite extraordinary. I would have thought. I did think, I see no reason why, it hasn't arrived by now, but it's not so much, I have developed an ability, and that ability is to not be surprised, not be desperately upset particularly, but uh, well, there you go. Hmm. There's a lovely recording of squeaky shoes on this faux marble surface. Oh, maybe it's real marble. It probably is. These things are built to be expensive. So I'm sitting on several million years' worth of crustacean crush into a a shiny surface. Yes, yes, yes. I could spend some time searching for fossils, I suppose. It's quite extraordinary to think that I am actually looking at a... A pre-dinosaur era um, um, seabed <laughs> that I'm sitting on. Well, there you are. I mean, that's what it is. <sighs> All right. Oh, well, I'll uh, I'll be in a cheery mood when people finally arrive. I could spend my time eating chocolate ginger biscuits that I had the opportunity to purchase. I shall use my strength of character to um, protect myself from this temptation. <laughs> oh, there you go. I could be listening to the radio. I have a radio with me that can pick up me. No, it really can pick up medium. Anyway. So sort of FM and, and digital. And, of course, I've got this device and Wi-Fi access, so I have the entire world's information at my fingertips. But I don't currently have sufficient wherewithal mentally to do anything with it. So I sit here and chat to no one. Well, that'll be, I think, probably something springs to mind. And it doesn't look like anything will. Oh, no, if you need company, I'm outside smoking, said somebody. Outside what? Well, I'm not going outside. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm, I'm not alone. <laughs> that was one in a series of Torty Talks by Simon Anthony. Acting at torty.org.uk.